Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of the Micro Family Millionaire. And this is a sub-series to our parent podcast, Share the Wealth Show, where I'm going to be actually documenting my journey to becoming a millionaire through small multifamily properties. And today I want to come to you with talking a little bit about your strategy and your buy box when you're looking at small multifamily deals, right? So there's a lot of things to consider when you're coming up with what your buy box is. But a main thing I want to touch on today is evaluation approach. So how are you increasing? Are you are you looking for appreciation and growth in your net worth and equity? Or are you primarily looking for cash flow for now to like live off of? So that can depend on what kind of market you can get both, right? You can definitely get both. But that will also depend on what kind of market are you going to focus in? So there is a lot of markets, especially on the Southeast and the Eastern Seaboard, they are known as high growth appreciation markets, right? But then your return is not known as being as high. Like cap rates might be compressed, which means the prices are higher, your returns are lower, right? Let's say, I'll say New York City because I live here. So New York City um, is known for having really low caps. And I'm completely guessing. I don't know why I don't know the cap rate of New York City or the average cap rate, but I would say it's like between 2 and 3%. Right. Um, could be even lower. Some people buy with even less cap rates because a lot of people who buy in New York City are buying for capital preservation. They're not buying for cash flow. They know that no matter what happens in the market, property purchased in New York City is going to retain its value, if not increase over time, 10 years down the road. So they are looking at purchasing properties with the long view in mind. And that's what you need to be thinking about. What is your long-term game plan, right, for purchasing properties? Now, do you want to just park, do you have excess capital and you just want to park it in a market that you know is going to retain value and hedge against inflation, right, and retain its, its buying power, its capital power? Or do you want something where, you are going to purchase it and it's going to be like a pretty steady, stable, like Midwest market where you get great cash flow, but the valuation is not going to fluctuate that much. The valuation is not really going to increase. Now, Midwest is the kind of market, Sunbelt Midwest, those are the kind of markets that people will go to. Um, to kind of hedge against downturns in markets because sometimes some of these highly appreciating, rapidly high growth markets also suffer the most when there's a recession, a recessionary period. So if you are in a stable area, that's and that's a risk that you can take on picking the kind of market that you want to be in. But if you're in a stable Midwest market, your cash flow is just pretty stable. Your valuations are pretty stable, right? So the other strategy for this is finding a value-add opportunity. And value-add is huge in multifamily space. And a lot of people will go after value-add opportunities. Um, but like, again, this depends on what your buy box is. What's your risk tolerance? What is your, your formula? Basically, what you want to even deal with. What do you have tolerance for? What's your risk tolerance level? What is your capital level? Do you have capital resources you can pull from? Um, do you have the relationships built up? That you, Can you be boots on the ground? Do you have the contractor services that are needed to 
uh, implement a value add plan, especially if it's a physical value add. So there's all different kinds of strategies. So with value add, you can do value add. Let's say you want to do a Midwest market that's pretty stable, right? But you really want some appreciation too. You really want some equity growth, right? Then you can take that, you can buy a value add property, one that's undervalued because it needs some physical rehab or it needs some operational um, efficiencies implemented in order to increase the NOI because you can force the NOI. And I did talk about the problem with forcing NOI um, and NOI-based valuations in a previous video. So go back and check that one out. Because if you're in a smaller microfamily range, sometimes things are not valued solely on um, the income method, right? So that can put a wrench in your plans. You need to know the market and how they evaluate properties there before you develop the business plan and go after properties. So let's assume that they do use the income method evaluation based off of the net operating income or the NOI. So then you purchase a property that is underperforming. You implement a business plan where you incre you do rehabs, you increase rents, you increase operational efficiencies, you do all these things. So now you're increasing the value because you're increasing the net operating income of the property, right? Now you have equity and cash flow. You know, I'm not in a Midwest market. I'm just using that as an example to kind of show you the differences. Like if I had you know, deep pockets and I just wanted to set it and forget it, then maybe I would hire property management, purchase a property in New York City or some other high growth market, let them deal with it and purchase a class buildings, whatever it is, so that I'm walking into a situation where there's less work for me to do up front and I'm leveraging work and experience of other people and of the market for my equity growth or maintenance, right? so many different ways to go about it. So what I want to do is just an example is tell you about my experiences with my properties that I have already. So my very first property, if you listen to some of the other episodes, my very first property was a three-family house hack, but that was here in New York City because I live here. I literally, I bought a property that was a new build. It was built in 2008. But because of that part of the cycle, everyone knows what happened in 2008, the person who purchased it never moved in. It sat vacant for 10 years, almost 10 years, until I purchased it in 2015, right? So the person who purchased it before me was a rehabber. He had it for like a year, and then I just bought it from him. So I was the first person to live in that building since it was built. So technically, it was like moving ready. It was nice. Like there's some short because they take they took in building it so that you know that from moving in but um aesthetically everything was fine pristine right i did nothing to the building i basically did whatever maintenance that i needed to do um if i had ten i had tenants and if things were broken or fixed or whatever i had to do to like help just maintain and run the building i didn't do anything cosmetic i didn't fix anything i didn't upgrade i didn't do anything i just sat there i lived there i learned how to be a landlord i learned the ins and outs of tenant relations and management and just all of the things like plus a lot of life changes during that time frame right and in 2019 when i was looking to continue to scale into the commercial side of multifamily i went ahead and i found out about a loan product that i really wanted to use and I got evaluation. My evaluation was 700,000. 
I purchased the building for five hundred and five thousand in two thousand fifteen. I refied in two thousand nineteen for seven hundred. So that's a basically two hundred thousand dollars spread over four years for doing absolutely nothing. That is how wealth is built. That is how equity is built. It's properties are so powerful. And me just living there in a property, I got a fifty k basically. 50K income or 50K raise in net worth every year that I lived in that property, right? And so, yes, yeah, so was that a good timing of the market? I guess so, because my crystal ball is on point. If you ever want to know about it, holla at me, right? But that is just the power of buying in a market that is appreciating and buying. That's also a little bit of, of market timing. But even if I was paying my my full normal rent that I would have been paying if I had been renting somewhere else, um. I wasn't because my other two units were actually covering that rent until we're covering the whole entire mortgage payment um, until we had some tenant payment issues. So there's a lot of good and bad that comes with it, right? You just have to um, take it for what it is and be able to put your head down and keep pushing forward. So in any case, four years of ownership, 200K of equity and value appreciation, I was able to refinance that. And that refinance gave me some capital. You can't take out the whole amount because the, you, you have loan to value limitations when you're getting a loan from the bank. So I'm not going to let you take out 100% of the value of the building, but I was able to take out enough to pay off the pre the pre-existing mortgage to pay off a like a, a personal loan that I had that they required me to pay off and to have a little bit of capital left over to join a coaching program and then a little bit left over from that to actually use as a core the down payment for my first commercial property. So it's just a, a whole rolling stone, kind of the snowball that's rolling down the hill gets bigger and bigger and bigger and builds momentum. That's exactly what that was, but that was me learning during the process of owning and then reaping benefits of equity appreciation during that time. So, but this whole story was just to highlight that I didn't do anything physically to that property to help um, elevate the value of it, right? Um, the the next one actually is my five, six unit that we purchased for 360,000 in 2020, right? So, my income for down payment came from appreciation from the first property, purchased the second property for $360. We did need to put a lot of renovations into that property. That was a heavy value add property, um, a six unit out in Pennsylvania, right? We put about, my partner and I, about $75,000 to $80,000 of improvements into that property throughout the year of 2021 as tenants were turning, doing certificate of occupancy, inspection, expectations from the city, um, just regular maintenance stuff, pipes busting, fixing roofs, fire escapes, plus tenant uh, unit turns as the tenants were moving out, et cetera. So all of that, about seventy-five dollars to $80,000 uh, worth of improvements. That was 2021. By 2022, we went to go refinance and we got a valuation of 520000 So remember, 2020, we bought for three sixty. We put seventy five k in. Let me actually get out my calculator. Three sixty plus seventy five k in is four thirty five all in for this property. And now we got a refinance of five twenty. So minus five, that's about $85,000 of value that we were able to pull from that property. So 
The other thing is that we did the same refi and roll strategy. So now this time, me and my partner both took our refi. We refinanced that property in 2022, pulled out that equity, and then go ahead and used it to purchase another commercial multifamily building. Um, and we used that as the down payment on the next one. So there is a huge appraisal story to the property that came in at 520. It did not originally come in at 520. And there's a, a lot of back and forth. There's a crazy story about that. But I do want to share that, but I'll share that in a whole. It deserves its own episode because that will blow a lot of people's minds, especially if you are investing and looking to invest. And this is something that I really, it's a great story and a great learning lesson for anyone coming in to make sure that you don't do some of the things that we did so you can kind of hopefully avoid that kind of situation or at least be on the lookout of it and no clue something like that would would even remotely happen but my lesson is for everyone else to learn from and be able to kind of circumvent that if you come into a, a similar situation or you can make decisions separate differently. So I'll I'll talk about that as well. But then the next property, so we use the refinance of 520, this 85K of equity. We were able to use the, re, the equity to use it as a down payment. We did have to bring a little bit to the table, but not much um, to close on the next commercial microfamily building that we purchased. We purchased it for 400,000, but at closing, we had done nothing. At closing, it appraised for 440,000. So we basically had 40,000 of built-in equity into this third building um, right off the bat, right? That's always nice when the appraisal works in your favor in that kind of way. And that was in what, 2022. So the same year that we refinanced, we purchased another one. 20, actually, it was actually the day after. So that's the whole another. That's part of the story that I had to tell you with the other building. But anyway, so we purchased for four hundred. We appraised for four forty on the spot. This year, which is twenty twenty three, so last year is when we purchased. This year, twenty twenty three, we had three units vacant at the same time, which sucks. That's a whole other uh, story for another time as well. Um, and we put in about 40000 to turn all three units um, and a couple of other kind of just maintenance type roof, that kind of thing, same. Um, it might be up to 50 with that included um, of work into the building. So 400000 we purchased. 440 was the evaluation at the time of purchase. This year, we put in 40K of work. So technically... We're all into the building for 440, which is the valuation we originally got. We had two appraisals because it was a weird situation with, with what we were doing with the property being vacant in our relationship with the lender. We were able to do something a little bit different. So we have the evaluate the same evaluation report or uh, appraisal report had the pre-renovation evaluation um at 500000 so that's before we did any of that 40K worth of work that I'm telling you that we we completed. So if we had done nothing, it was worth 500. So it was already 100K up from last year. After renovation, we put in the 40K of work. So basically we got 100K for doing nothing. And we put in 40K worth of work into the building this year. And the after renovation appraisal was for $739,000. Now that is ridiculous. So one year, we purchased this property 
in April of 2022. And then the summer of 2023, we put in 40K worth of work. And so from that 40K worth of work, our valuation came in at $739,000, which is a $299,000 increase from one year prior. Now, that is a great mix of market appreciation and value add together, right? Um, I always was attracted to value add opportunities because I do want to continue my refi and roll strategy for growing my portfolio. And that is basically my business plan and how I use valuation on appraisals of commercial multifamily. And right now I'm not looking at, I might mix, so I won't say I'm not looking at, but I might mix into other markets that are more cash flow steady. But at this point in my growth stage, I'm looking for markets that are cash flow steady, but that I can also do a value add proposition. Right. So I want, I still want a little bit of both. I need the cash flow to live and have the lifestyle and the, the lifestyle design that I'm trying to develop for myself and my kids and my husband, my family. Right. So we can live the way we want to and we can live in abundance and I can give back to the causes that, you know, are near and dear to my heart. But I also want to be able to still grow the portfolio. I don't want to sink money into or capital into a project. And then it's just a steady project that doesn't appreciate it all. And I have cash flow, but I don't have extra equity to go and use to purchase another building. So that's my strategy. Determine what strategy works for you and your temperament and skill set, resources, all the things. And figure out how you want to grow your own portfolio and how you want to get to millionaire status through Michael Family. So until next time, really think about your strategy before you jump in.